Implementing Skin-to-Skin Contact for Caesarean Birth by Margaret M. Boyd Abstract Early skin-to-skin, STS, contact in the OR facilitates the development of mothering behaviors, breastfeeding success, and newborn adaptation to extrauterine life. A team at my institution performed a quality improvement project to implement a standard of care for STS contact in the OR during and after cesarean birth. 37 of 50 mother-infant dyads experienced STS contact in the OR or in the post-anesthesia care unit. 25 mothers and newborns who experienced STS contact did so on the OR bed. The median time newborns spent engaged in STS contact with their mothers was 42 minutes and 30 seconds. Developing and using a standard of care to implement this evidence-based practice facilitated acceptance of this intervention. Obstacles that staff members encountered included maternal or neonatal instability, equipment problems, and nurse staffing issues. Staff members addressed these obstacles through creative problem-solving. Skin-to-skin, STS contact, immediately after birth enables the development of a connection between the mother and her newborn and enhances maternal-infant attachment. This attachment is necessary for the survival of the newborn, and nature has provided biochemical activators that prime the brain's reward circuitry to increase maternal caregiving behaviors. Hormones known to influence attachment behaviors may be increased by STS contact, which is especially important during the vulnerable newborn period. The birth process stimulates a catecholamine surge that aids the newborn's adaptation to life outside the uterus. After the acute effects of this surge end, stress-related negative consequences may follow, such as prolonged crying or vasoconstriction. These negative consequences may be counteracted by STS contact. Description of the problem Skin-to-skin contact is the positioning of the naked, except for a small diaper, newborn, prone on the mother's bare chest, covered with a warm blanket, within the first hour after birth. After cesarean birth in the OR at my facility, the healthcare team traditionally separated the mother and the newborn. However, STS contact between mother and newborn for at least one hour after delivery is now recognized as the optimal postpartum care for both vaginal and cesarean births if the mother did not receive general anesthesia. Maternal Child Health Administrators at my institution identified the lack of the opportunity for STS contact during and after cesarean birth as a problem as we began the process of becoming a baby-friendly facility that provides family-centered maternity care. Family-centered maternity care focuses on the significant transitions that occurred during the childbearing year. The principles of family-centered maternity care are based on the ideas that the care provided is safe, both physically and emotionally. Medical expertise is accompanied by compassionate and skillful communication, and collaborative decision-making results from relationships built on mutual respect. As early as 1981, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services made recommendations that leaders at healthcare facilities should develop policies and physical structures that reflect a philosophy of care that supports the developmental and psychosocial needs of children and families. Around this same time, a group researching family-centered maternity care recommended and developed a hospital maternity care model that focused on a family-centered, single-room system for both high- and low-risk childbearing families to promote family-centered maternity care. These recommendations remain applicable to current practice. The World Health Organization and United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund 
identified STS contact as part of the process to support breastfeeding in the revised Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative. The 2009 revision of these guidelines incorporated new global criteria for this initiative to ensure that practices are in place for a mother-friendly labor and delivery area. One of the goals of the initiative is to increase the number of mother-infant dyads experiencing STS contact. These global criteria include recommendations that 80% of mothers undergoing vaginal or cesarean births without general anesthesia should have their newborns placed in STS contact within five minutes after birth. Mothers should continue this contact without separation for one hour or longer unless there are medically justified reasons to interrupt this contact. At least 50% of these mothers who undergo cesarean births under general anesthesia should have their newborns placed in STS contact as soon as they are responsive and alert. Multiple factors may impede STS contact in the OR. These factors include strict practices that routinely separate the mother-infant dyad, such as placing the newborn on the warmer immediately after birth for assessment, or wrapping the newborn in a blanket and giving the newborn to a support person until transport to the nursery. These practices deny the mother-infant dyad STS contact in the OR during the first hour of life. The cesarean surgical procedure, the side effects of regional anesthesia, and the location of the birth in the OR also pose challenges that may preclude STS contact. The Association of Women's Health Obstetric and Neonatal Nurses developed a guideline for managing the woman undergoing cesarean birth. This guideline provides recommendations for managing the side effects of regional anesthesia, such as nausea, vomiting, hypotension, and arm numbness. Reducing the incidence of these side effects facilitates STS contact both on the OR bed and in the post-anesthesia care unit, PACU. Included in their suggestions are preloading the IV within 20 to 30 minutes before surgery to ensure optimal efficiency, co-loading fluids administered immediately after initiating regional anesthesia, and managing hypotension from regional anesthesia with ephedrine or phenylphedrine. The guideline also addresses maternal satisfaction with their birth experience and recommends allowing a support person in the OR, keeping the mother and newborn together, and providing STS contact. Project Goals Implementing STS contact in the OR was a necessary step to complete my institution's transition to providing family-centered maternity care. The objective of this project at my facility was to implement initiation of STS contact between the mother and newborn within one hour of a cesarean birth. I developed the following PICOT, Population Intervention Comparison Outcome Time, question for the project. What obstacles exist to implementing STS contact for the mother and newborn for a minimum of 15 to 30 minutes in the OR? I chose a range of 15 to 30 minutes of STS contact, which deviates from the recommended one hour of STS contact, as a goal for the STS contact on the OR bed as an achievable time frame for initial implementation at my facility. Literature Review Numerous studies have investigated the effect of STS contact on the mother and newborn, and researchers have identified many benefits. Early STS contact has been correlated with increased rates and duration of breastfeeding. Research indicates that increased effective suckling within the first hour of birth can be facilitated by positioning newborns so they can instinctively nudge their chin into the underside of their mother's breast as they approach the nipple and attach to suckle. Skin-to-skin contact promotes mothering behaviors within the first three months of life, decreases maternal anxiety, 
and may reduce the risk of postpartum depression. In a 2012 Cochrane review, Moore and others found that mothers were more likely to breastfeed in the first one to four months and tended to breastfeed longer if they had early STS contact with their newborns. They found that newborns may have more positive early relationships with their mothers. Further, no clear negative outcomes were associated with STS contact. Dumas and others study the effect of swaddling the newborn versus STS contact on mothering behaviors. Results illustrated that mothers who were separated from their swaddled newborns for the first two hours showed a reduced effective responsiveness to their newborns. Newborns who were in the nursery during the postnatal period were harder to wake up for feedings than newborns who were rooming in with their mothers, and the separated mothers demonstrated rougher movements when trying to get the newborn to latch onto the nipple during breastfeeding and rougher stimulation of the newborn. Separation of mother and newborn for the first two hours after birth may obliterate basic maternal infant behaviors that are essential for survival. Early STS contact may facilitate newborn behaviors that affect self-regulation. Berber and McCool evaluated the effect of STS contact shortly after delivery on the neurobehavioral responses of the healthy newborn. Newborns who experienced STS contact slept longer, were mostly in a quiet sleep state, exhibited more flexor movements and postures, and showed fewer extensor movements. Skin-to-skin contact, therefore, seems to influence state organization and motor system modulation shortly after birth. Skin-to-skin contact, assisted by forced air warming, can be as effective as an incubator at preventing neonatal hypothermia. Forced air active warming during STS contact can also increase maternal comfort and decrease maternal shivering. Federick and others explored mothers' experiences with STS contact during and immediately after cesarean birth. Mothers reported feeling intensely focused on their newborns during STS contact, were calmed during STS contact, and believed their newborns were equally calmed. Blandia and others compared parent-newborn vocal interaction when the newborn was placed in STS contact, either with a mother or father immediately after a planned cesarean birth. Vocal interaction increased over time. Both fathers and mothers in STS contact communicated more vocally with the newborns. Fathers in STS contact communicated more with the mother and acted as buffers to the surgical environment for the mother-infant dyad. Encouraging parents to keep the newborn in STS contact after cesarean birth supports the early onset of the first vocal communication and development of parenting behaviors. Risks associated with STS contact include decreased neonatal oxygen saturation and an increased risk of apparent life-threatening events, ALTEs. Factors that increase the risk of ALTEs include bed sharing between parents and newborns and parental fatigue. Andres and others found that a newborn's prone position on his or her mother's abdomen during early STS contact and minimal nursing observation during STS contact and breastfeeding increase the risk of ALTEs. That suggests that one factor that increases the risk of ALTEs is bed sharing by the mother and newborn and that accidental suffocation was the most likely cause of these incidents. Increased maternal education and observation during the postpartum period is recommended to reduce ALTEs. Setting Description The setting for this project was a regional facility in the Great Lakes area of the United States. The facility is a 400-bed hospital with an 11-bed labor and delivery unit that contains two ORs. Staff members at this institution provide care during 1,000 to 1,500 births per year. 
the cesarean birth rate is 33%. Providers at this facility include obstetricians, maternal fetal medicine specialists, nurse midwives, and family practice residents. Theoretical Framework I use the Iowa model of evidence-based practice to promote quality care as the framework for this project because the format allows midwives and nurses to use knowledge and problem-focused triggers, leading staff members to question current practices and to investigate whether care can be improved using current research findings. The Iowa model outlines seven distinct steps that facilitate the implementation of evidence-based care. These steps focus on collaboration among all invested parties and the use of research to support and direct the nursing initiative. The seven steps are selecting a topic, forming a team, retrieving evidence, grading the quality of the evidence, developing an evidence-based practice standard, implementing the evidence-based practice, and evaluating the outcomes. The Iowa model of evidence-based practice to promote quality care provides a foundation on which to create the structure systematically and a process for implementing and evaluating a practice change. Project Methods I initiated project development by discussing the proposed change, the implementation plan, and methods to obtain management and staff member support for the change with clinical leaders in the Nursing Practice Council. I submitted this project to the facility's Institutional Review Board for approval. The Institutional Review Board ruled that the project was exempt from additional investigation and granted permission to proceed with the project. I developed a standard of practice for STS contact in the OR based on available evidence. During the five-week preparation time leading up to the implementation of the STS contact in the OR, I shared information about the proposed standard of practice in key literature with medical, midwifery, and nursing professionals to support and explain the risks and benefits of STS contact. All personnel with the potential to be involved in implementing the practice change receive letters explaining the proposal and its purpose, list of contact staff members for questions or problems, and copies of the standard of care to be implemented. I recruited members for an implementation committee to disseminate information about the proposed change and to have champions available at all times to answer questions. The committee members included a neonatal intensive care unit nurse, two postpartum nurses, a float pool nurse, and a lactation consultant. We, the committee, obtained feedback from all vested parties to incorporate into the implementation plan. A neonatologist reviewed the proposed standard of care and gave constructive feedback for the continued development of the standard. The committee collated feedback from the involved healthcare professionals and incorporated this into the standard of care. We addressed the concerns for newborn safety by assigning a nurse strictly for the care of the newborn while on the mother's skin in the OR, concerns for neonatal hypothermia by having the newborn's temperature monitored by his or her nurse and providing a forced air warming blanket or warm cotton blanket for the mother-infant dyad, and concerns regarding staffing issues by engaging the nurse manager of the unit to facilitate adequate staffing, a neonatal assessment nurse position for the department. Multiple obstetricians expressed their support for the project and viewed the intervention as valuable for the mother and the newborn. After the director of maternal child health approved the standard, we incorporated it into the hospital's online practice standards where it was accessible to all staff members. Ten days before implementing SDS contact in the OR, we sent an email to all team members reminding them of the implementation date for the practice change. We developed an informational handout for parents regarding STS contact 
and key stakeholders reviewed it before use. We placed this handout in the admission packet, which was given to all mothers to educate them regarding SDS contact. Data Collection and Analysis We developed a questionnaire for nursing staff members to complete for each cesarean birth and collected responses for one month. The questionnaire identified the number of women who experienced cesarean birth during the implementation phase, the number of mother-infant dyads who experienced SDS contact in the OR or in the PACU, use of a warm blanket or forced air warming blanket, whether the newborn was transferred to the PACU with his or her mother, whether SDS contact resumed in the PACU, the total time the mother and newborn were skin-to-skin, the number of mothers who did not receive STS contact, reasons why STS contact was not implemented, and whether breastfeeding was initiated in the PACU if the mother was nursing. We taped a reminder to the computer screens in each OR and post-operative care bay to prompt nursing staff members to complete the questionnaire. We also collected spontaneous feedback regarding participants' observations of the project. All personnel who provided unsolicited feedback gave verbal permission at the time of the verbal exchange. All personnel had previous knowledge of the project implementation when they provided feedback. We analyzed data by collating all items on a spreadsheet and establishing a percentage of successful STS events in the OR and a list of the obstacles encountered that prevented initiation of STS contact. We analyzed the reasons for not initiating STS contact and assessed modifiable obstacles. We shared the results of the project with staff members by email, and during the monthly unit conference, nursing administrators received the results of the project and suggestions for improvement. Results 52 mothers underwent cesarean birth with regional anesthesia during the implementation phase for STS contact, but nursing staff members completed only 50 nursing questionnaires. The nursing questionnaires showed that 37 of 50 mothers and newborns experienced STS contact either in the OR or in the PACU. 25 mothers and newborns who experienced STS contact did so on the OR bed. The median time newborns spent skin-to-skin with their mothers was 42.5 minutes, which exceeded our goal of 15 to 30 minutes. Reasons nurses listed for not implementing STS contact in the OR included maternal and newborn instability issues, nursing staff shortages, emergent surgery, equipment problems, and nursing and anesthesia staff member resistance to change. Five mothers and three newborns did not experience STS contact because of instability. Four mothers and newborns did not experience STS contact because of staffing issues or equipment problems. Although we cannot necessarily control instability issues, we identified a window of opportunity to increase STS contact in the OR by addressing staffing and equipment issues. We also received many spontaneous verbal comments from healthcare professionals and parents regarding the implementation of STS contact in the OR. Discussion. Implementing STS contact in the OR can benefit childbearing women, newborns, maternal child health staff members, and the healthcare institution because it can facilitate breastfeeding, decrease maternal anxiety, and potentially increase staff member job satisfaction and the volume of women giving birth at a facility. In this project, 74% of mothers experienced STS contact perioperatively, just below the World Health Organization and United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund goal of 80%. Future strategies to meet this goal and increase STS contact on the OR bed 
and in the PACU include initiating discussions with the anesthesia team regarding interventions to reduce maternal nausea and pain, developing a neonatal assessment nurse role to ensure adequate staffing, removing the iodine-impregnated dressing from the mother's skin after the birth of the newborn, and educating the pediatric and family practice medical staff members regarding STS contact for cesarean birth. Staff members at my facility achieved, and sometimes exceeded, the goal of mothers experiencing 15 to 30 minutes of STS contact, with a median time of 42.5 minutes. This finding indicated that for the mother-infant dyads who did experience STS contact, a longer duration of time is achievable at my facility. We also met the goal of initiating STS contact within the first hour after birth for 25 of the 37 mothers who did so on the OR bed. It is unclear whether the mothers who only experienced STS contact in the PACU did so within the first hour after birth. However, the usual practice is to place the newborn in STS contact as soon as the mother reaches the PACU. Project Barriers and Limitations Some staff members were resistant to change during the first two weeks of implementation. But as the practice change progressed and staff members received positive reinforcement from parents, nursing co-workers, midwives, and physicians, they took ownership of the project and started to use creative ideas to facilitate STS contact in the OR. For example, some staff members encountered equipment barriers concerning forced air warming blankets. The first issue was that the blankets were too bulky to use during STS contact in the OR, so the staff members began using warm cotton blankets instead. The warming blanket pumps also impeded room traffic, and the electric cords presented a tripping hazard in the OR. Ultimately, we replaced the forced air warming blanket with warm cotton blankets during the last two and a half weeks of the project implementation, and no cases of neonatal hypothermia were reported. Staff members began to share their techniques for facilitating STS contact to make the process more efficient and valuable. Personnel barriers to implementation included Nursing staff resistance to changing of staffing patterns Inadequate nursing staffing in the labor and delivery area and unwillingness of the mother-infant staff members to care for the newborn in the OR. Pediatricians needing to see the newborn in the nursery with the family medicine residents, and anesthesia care provider resistance to placing the newborn in STS contact during a surgical procedure that requires close monitoring of maternal status. To address some of these barriers, the lactation consultant began to provide neonatal care during the cesarean birth to increase staffing on the labor and delivery unit to facilitate STS contact in the OR. A nursing administrator also helped fill staffing shortages during some procedures by assuming the scrub person role, allowing a separate nurse to be assigned to the newborn and provide STS contact on the OR bed. Limitations of the project included a lack of follow-up on the evaluation of the continued implementation of the practice change and a lack of multidisciplinary members on the practice change committee. Suggestions for determining the success of the project include formally assessing patient and family feedback on the experience to determine if the SDS contact attracted families to this hospital and if they had positive experiences. Suggestions to facilitate continued implementation of STS contact in the OR include educating new staff members from all disciplines, including nursing, midwifery, obstetrics, family practice, and pediatrics. Project Strengths and Benefits Strengths of this project include the thorough review of the literature for benefits and risks of the proposed practice change, communication with all people involved in the change process throughout the entire healthcare organization, development of an organized plan for implementation of the evidence-based change, 
formation of a committee to champion the change process on every shift, and identification of obstacles that could impede change. In addition, I evaluated the overall implementation process of this project through a staff member questionnaire so that lessons learned could be incorporated into future projects at my institution. Factors that helped facilitate the process of SDS contact in the OR included education of all stakeholders about the process before and during the initial implementation phase, positive reinforcement of staff member performance during initial implementation, active support by mid-level management from all departments, creative nursing care provided by maternal health care staff members and CRNAs, and staff members witnessing the positive outcomes of SDS contact with each mother and newborn. Benefits of SDS contact in the OR for the organization include a continued increase in the number of patients electing to give birth at this hospital, possibly because many women seek institutions that provide SDS contact in the OR. Through informal staff member communication, we noted increased job satisfaction for personnel caring for mothers and newborns who undergo cesarean birth with SDS contact in the OR. Identifying and resolving barriers to SDS contact in the OR facilitates use of this beneficial intervention by providers and staff members with the goal of enhancing maternal and newborn adaptation immediately after cesarean birth. Recommendations for Implementation Suggestions for implementing SDS contact in the OR at another institution include formally obtaining feedback from key stakeholders after the initial implementation phase and repeating the data collection regarding the number of women experiencing SDS contact in the OR three to six months after the initial implementation to evaluate the continued use of the intervention. Additional discussion with the anesthesia team to identify strategies to reduce nausea during a cesarean birth may help stabilize mothers during birth, thereby increasing the number of mothers and newborns who can have SDS contact in the OR. Formal interviews with mothers and support personnel regarding the effects of SDS contact in the OR will provide information from the patient's perspective for additional refinement of the process. Significance to perioperative nursing Approximately 32% of the almost 4 million registered births in the United States are cesarean births, and it's imperative that all women and their newborns be provided with a best start in life together. The perioperative nurse, whether he or she is a member of the labor and delivery team or the OR team, is a key participant in a mother cesarean birth experience. The perioperative nurse should be aware of and adhere to the principles of family-centered care, which emphasize supporting the entire family unit. Perioperative nurses, by supporting STS contact during and after cesarean birth, may facilitate a positive beginning for a new or growing family. Conclusion At the time of publication, STS contact in the OR is continued at my facility during and after non-emergent cesarean births. The time the mother spends in the PACU after a cesarean birth has been lengthened to two hours, which has facilitated SDS contact in the PACU. Based on qualitative feedback, this is a patient satisfier and has continued to attract families to this hospital for birth. Skin-to-skin contact has many benefits for the mother-infant dyad and can be incorporated into the standard of care for cesarean birth. Implementing STS contact in the OR is an achievable goal and a viable practice change that can facilitate mothering and neonatal adaptation to extrauterine life. Identifying and resolving barriers to STS contact in the OR facilitates this beneficial practice of enhancing maternal and newborn adaptation immediately after a cesarean birth, including all stakeholders in the identification, 
development, implementation, and evaluation of the improvement process can increase staff member buy-in and the satisfaction of all who encounter this evidence-based practice.